Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. So good, and Josh Norman is in the building. Everyone at Dantana's, can I get some noise, please? Yeah. yeah. We are live in Atlanta. Sims and Lefko, day two. Sims, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Josh Mr. Norman? How are you? Solid as they come. You almost did it right there. <laughs> you almost did this. I almost did it. I almost did it, but I just what hit it off. The, I hit it I, off. In all of your IG pictures, it's yeah. What is that? Where does and that I come from? Um, Carolina, like one of my little gnarly things that I do back then. It's just, yeah, just like uh, it's just me. I'm crying. Right, you you just heard that? Is. You heard just that beat we came into? Out, you know, you heard that beat we came I into? I did. I did. That's one that. of our listeners made yeah, that music. Yeah, really? We were asking about the status of our our podcast. Yeah, just that's what we got. And he's going to be here tomorrow. DJ and Rod Simba in the flesh. Can we now. can we That's talk about time. one other thing with him real quick? Just like his uh, cane. I mean, his, King Tut over here. Oh, look at King Tut. First look. of all, see, got, do not start. <laughs> <laughs> no man, this is my thing. I know? like it. He's got the cane and then the wrists too. It is. Like I said, you know, before we we've been here before. I True. Like you know what I'm saying. And the thing is, for me, um, back in the day. Kings and people had they were they had scepters, right? Yes, Am I they wrong? Did, they did. Right. They had to carry those things. Yeah. And they see this stuff, and it's like they associate it with pimping. Yeah, because you I wear know. suits, and it's like the new generation before it was something else. And then now it's like if you just have to gain walk, you got to be hurt. Yeah. Or you got to be old. Like, come on, man. I, I just can't have this. So my short version of I it like is that. this is my cigarettes. And if you don't like it, so what? <laughs> I love it. Did you – like, I know you went to Israel last right. year. Is, that, is this from there? No, it's not. Damn. <laughs> a lot of people ask me that. Yeah, because you got the high on lie. But you got the, yes, mo- but no, you got the monkey, like, hear no evil, see no evil, right. speak no evil. It is, and it's a great omen, and I, like, carry it. And most, Well, I'll tell you the story now. Yeah, yes. yeah you so, got to. We ought to hear it. I was in Orlando, right? And I was going through the Disney World theme park. And I was with my daughter and my brothers and everybody and their kids. And we was walking. And I got tired. So I was like, hmm, let me just have something to walk with. And we was walking through the African Safari Park. (laughs) And it was kind of crazy because monkeys and everything, they go wild. And then my African brother, he was on the side carving this, you know, this stick. Yeah. And I was looking at it, and I was just appreciating his, you know, artistry. His craft. Very much so. I call it artistry because this is like a work of art. That is. You can't beat this with anything. So I saw it, and I looked at it, and I was like, man, I do need a stick. So I had to choose between two. And my little daughter, she was right there with me, and then she ended up, you know, choosing this which one I was going to walk with. And she picked this one, and so I looked at it. And the guy who carved it for me, he was like, you know, this is see no evil, speak no evil, and um, hear no evil. So um, the ornament that you put whenever you go into someone's house, you give them that gift. And right. it wards off the bad spirits. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. So I had it and I, for a little bit. And I was walking. I was like, 
And it stuck with me. I love it. <laughs> it's the I greatest it. thing I, ever. I, so. I like it, man. Can you guys, it's only you. a DB and a receiver yes. to get away with Can that. Can you tell, though, that Josh that's is different? Only those two positions. Like, Josh is a unique <laughs> cast. And I'm curious, like, Dancing with the Stars, all that stuff. I went through your IG, and, like, the earlier photos, like, you were putting up pictures of cake. And, like, you were like, oh, it was like a normal Instagram post. But now it's, like, all this stuff. What's it like being known in the NFL? Because I always hear NFL players talk about they're not known, the helmet's on. Mm-hmm. People know you. What, what is that like? Uh, it evolved, you know. It, it all was a work of – I mean, it took time for sure, but I always maintain myself in who I was. I don't think I've ever wavered from that. Mm. And it just took a time. People just got used to that and got hip and uh, see how we do it. But it's just – you know, I, I don't know. God's good. So Grace has been with me throughout the time. And somehow one play here, one play there. And next thing you know, we took off and yeah. then went on to something else. And that was greater than the next thing. And so before you know it, you know, here Josh Norman is always, it comes in with a song, Jay-Z and the lyrics. And it's just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of like, dude, Jay-Z lyrics, fight. that's crazy. That's another level. Yeah, but so, I will I, I will know. say what he said. He's been the same guy. I knew him before he was Josh Norman shut down corner because right. he was training up there in Jersey at Absolutely. our place, Parisi's. And he God was the rich. same guy. <laughs> but, you know, of course, now we know his face. He's got a little cash in his pocket, and he's up this game. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> I guess uh, when they say you get more money, it makes more of a monster in you, huh? Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. No. Exactly right. Let's do the guy. Where do we want to start with this guy, Lefko? Um, I want to start. So I went and hung out with Josh like two, three years ago now, and we were going house shopping, and apparently you have a house. Yes. Do you have horses at this house? No, not yet. Okay, I was going to say, not Delta, yet. Duke, all those guys. Yeah, see, Delta thing is he's on um, Pop Farm back in Greenwood. So yeah, He's country. Um, yeah, like, like, like Josh Norman is country. That. This is this is not a city slicker from D.C. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I come from there with five brothers, and we just all out there in the, the country just going crazy with each other, all those horses. So what else can you do but fight each other and ride horses? Are you still listening to the Batman theme song before games? Yeah, I still get into those. Can oh you explain? Can, like, <laughs> here, crazy. <laughs> people think football players are always crazy, but yeah. like we got a Brian Dawkins jersey in the front row. He right. became Weapon X on game day, and you've seen that. You I've listen seen to the Batman. Uh-huh. Yeah. I tried to play the theme song with Josh Norman in the car, and he shut it off. He goes, don't do that. You don't want to see me when I listen to that song. What, how does it, it kind of like, what does it do to you, man? Well, it takes me to a certain place in time. I think when everybody listens to a song or, you know, they hear something, you always equate that with a certain place in time where you were uh, when you heard that song or whatever that case may be. Me, you know, hearing that music from that soundtrack, you know, puts me in the place of that movie mm. from where I was watching it at and like, what it means to okay, me. Okay, okay. Uh, so what, what was the part place? of the movie or the place? Yeah, like, I'd like to hear that part of it. I don't know. That's the part where it rises, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. it is. He gets into the Batmobile. He speeds off and he's going, you know, fight um, Bane. Yeah, Bane, and who right. that was. So right. that was the part where um, kind of like. That's where you envision so it. So then when you look across and you see Odell wearing a Joker mask, <laughs> like, are you like, this is perfect? 
Oh, yeah. For like, sure. Like, they're, for sure. Right? <laughs> yeah, just give me to it. Why not? Yeah, yeah right. let's get into I, it. Like, how's not? that relationship going? What's you know, it been like two times a year ever since that epic, uh, just dysfunctional thing you guys went through? On that, that was day. my hotel. Yeah, that was my hotel. <laughs> yeah, it's still dysfunctional. <laughs> it is. Okay. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, he's my guy. He's cool, though. Yeah. He's, he's cool. He's all right. Yeah. I think the thing is with him, man, it was just everything took place in a time in which it was then, and then the media just took it onto a whole it other really level. Did. Yeah, right. And it just, just put stuff on top of it that wasn't even there, you know? And yeah. We were playing each other, and it was just like, dude, I have no animosity against you. I'm tired of this. Yeah. <laughs> it it <laughs> like, was amazing, though. I think as the yeah, years go by, exactly. I still you look at it, it and go, holy crap, we've never seen anything like that in the history of the league. Like, just two guys, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, just go at it. And I know yeah. both of you are like, Football lovers, yeah, emotional, right. and it just and you were the fifteen and one Carolina Panthers, <laughs> and he was the big bad star. Oh, yeah. it, it was a lot of that, you know. And then coming to Gotham City, as they say, New York is yeah. in the Dark Knight, and then you give him the character, the Joker, and he plays that role and that villain just to the T. Yeah. yeah, and we go out there and square off. Like yeah. that was fireworks. So when you go back, I say, I'm not looking at it now, but years, years on down the road. You know, guys you make it to the, you know, that steps of the cannon. If that happens, I don't know what that we're working towards. Right. You're right. So it's like when we get to that point, we can look back over it all and just be like, you know. What did kids. your son say about Josh Norman the other day? I, I told my son. So last night I'm on the phone with them. They didn't have school. So it's about mm-hmm. 1045 and we let them stay up. My kids late when they don't have school the next day. Right. They can stay up, play video games. He's playing Fortnite, I'm sure. or Something right. like that. But he gets on the phone and, hey, dad, hey. What you doing? You know, and then, oh, I'm good. You know, who'd you talk to today? And I told him I talked to Deshaun Watson yesterday. Oh, that's Deshaun awesome. Jackson. Uh, no, and Deshaun Jackson, but oh, I yeah. talked to Deshaun Watson too. And then, so he goes, all right, so who are you going to talk to tomorrow? And I was like, Josh Norman. He goes, oh, Josh Norman. I mean, dad. He might be the greatest corner in the history of the NFL. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but just he so you know, it. I'm in a pump and break. So I said, I don't know about that. Yeah. He's really got, good, but I'm not going to go that far yet. I got some ways to go, man. I got ways to go. But Even you made I an impression that. on a young generation, just so you know that. Well, yeah. He thinks you're a baller. Well, I appreciate that. Um, a lot don't, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I have fun with it. I really do. And, you know, I go out there and I try to win as, as best as I can for the team and, and everybody else around us just to make us better and whatever I can do I try to be a servant of it yeah. Houston game did yes. you see the injury happen to Alex or were no, you on the I sideline really, I was on the sideline so we was sitting down was probably getting talked to by one of our coaches and you know everybody was like ooh or something I saw him down but I'm like okay he's just gonna probably pop back up and right. think nothing of it but say he's broke his whole leg in half and it was just like oof, oof it was bad oh. because I didn't see it, but I just walked out there because I knew he couldn't move his leg, and I was like, something really has happened. Right. He rolled something, but I didn't know it was that severe. I saw a picture of him in the Washington Capitals locker room, and I've never seen a leg with that many things. And it sounds like he's not going to play at all next year. Yeah, he's out. He's out. He's out. I got to go talk to him when we get back, too, but it's just... Yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah, I pray for that because it's a situation where it could be like career ending. Yeah, which is like that. Like for Joe a guy Dyson like Alex, is. who has fought so long and hard in this NFL to get the respect and to get the time, and right. then have a team that goes, "You're the guy," and then I'm, I'm hoping it's it's not. Me too, and that's what you got to pray for and hope the best because for a guy like that, you know, to come into a team like we have it up in DC, you know. 
a guy that's already known for his wins. Like, he do not lose you games. Right. He will put you in them, and he will win them, but he does not lose you games. No, and that's not. the thing. You know, we were 6-3, 6-3, six and, three, six and six and three, whatever, at that yeah. mark when he went down. And after that, you saw how, you know, our season started to head the other way. Right. And if he was in the game, I guarantee you at least two of those would have been ours. Well, let's, let's start there, the state of your team. Like, just yeah. overall. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And DJ Swearing. Yeah. yeah, who looked like he was trying to be the leader of the team, but he's spouting off about the coach. He's talking yeah. about Jay Gruden's not a born winner, all that. I mean, what are you going to say to like all that crap? What is because I the I, I right stand now? with DJ. I'm just saying this right now. I stand <laughs> with DJ Swearinger. I do. I I think that, and this is like reading his thing. He's like, I'm at practice trying to get these guys going. Why is that an issue? I don't know. Is that crazy? I do think it's a little crazy. Yes, I do. I'll say that. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's <laughs> a fact that. It's all right. Don't worry. I mean, no. It's, you know, you have superiors at the end of the day. Exactly right. And you, we're still working. Mm. And we can't take that out of context. You know, I like chaos, man. I'm like the Joker. See, I know. You're That's Batman. What you want. That's yeah. what you want. He but wants like... chaos on your team because he's an Eagles fan. <laughs> That's what I get it. Like... I mean, hello. You know, he's front, front and center. But no, it's just the fact that we, we understand it. We play, you know, a kid's game for a king's ransom. And regardless of the fact, we still have to be, you know, respect their superiorities. And regardless of the fact, um, whether, you know, I condone it or, or, or not. You know, it's something that happened. He's no longer with the team, so you can't really, you know, say what you feel on the issue because he's not with us. Right. So if I was to say something, you know, that's derogatory or something towards him, I wouldn't do it because that'd be a disrespectful other situation. And yeah. I just feel like, you know, that had his moment in time, and that's just what happened. Yeah. Is there a part of you guys, though, like as an Eagles fan, there was always the question heading into the season – when is Carson going to be back? And it was like this looming cloud of doubt. Because you know that Alex is definitely not coming back this season, Yeah, is there a part of the team that's like, all right, it's time to move forward? Yes, there is. <laughs> They're moving on. They're going to drop you, the quarterback. <laughs> I, I, that's you know, what I think. Yeah, maybe it's so. Tough. I, I mean, mean, it's not it's, to be it's, personal against Alex. It's not. It's not against Alex. Yeah, for right. sure. For it's sure. And I think he knows that and yeah. he understands that. Trust right. me, he's – are well set for the rest of his life regardless of the fact where he plays or not but he wants to play the game and if he still can shoot why not get back out there and show what he can do but for the state of the franchise in itself I, I feel like you we have you have to yeah. I mean you really have to because you know in this league right now this is an important point in time if you have no quarterback you're not winning Right. And it's going to show you that week in and week out by what is being called against on the defense. Yeah. Less defense, more score. Right. And it's been preached that for the last five years or something. And so now it's starting to take its whole entire mark to where now we get to this point where you're starting to see the games where you're getting 40 points and people averaging 20-plus. That ain't never happened before. No, it's a, he hates it. I don't like it. It's crazy yeah. because you can't, you can't touch, touch guys. anybody. You can't I know. do anything, and if you do, you get set up for it right. at the end of the game to give them a big play to where they move in the score and drive, and then they, they win the game. They didn't do anything. They threw a ball at the double <laughs> coverage, and all yeah. of a sudden you're going oh, yeah, to reward you get a them. For... And you reward that. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. So it's like it's in, it's kind of like embarrassing to play defense now because of that. Like how can you? You got to play against the quarterback 
and the opposing team, which we know who they are. So it's tough. It really is tough to play that position and be coached in that because you can't hit nobody anymore. Right. You can't take them to the ground anymore. Unless you play so, for the Rams. I mean. <laughs> well, no. That, that, just saying. That's where I wanted to go with I'm it, just though. just saying. Because you played that's playoff real, football. Though. You played playoff football. You went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Why? I mean, you knew that when the playoffs started, the refs were going to become chicken shit with the flags. I mean, for sure. And all like, of a sudden, I, they rep it different. The thing is, they, they really do. And As a quarter, I hate do you to go to the game to know, like, you know it's the playoffs. Oh, no, they're going to let us play. The limits right they're going to let us play. Yeah. They're going to let us play. Right. And I know they're going to let us play. And I, you got to go and check the referees before, though. You got to test that. You got to have a conversation with them and see where they at today. Mm. You know, you can see that by just having conversation. And I do that every time. I check with them right away because you already know what kind of day it's going to be for me. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I need you to solve a big podcast thing for us that we've had for a long time. Mm-hmm. You are a big-time world football fan. Oh, I like that. You well, love PSG, time. Paris Saint-Germain. I've yes. seen you go to their facilities. I've seen you take pictures with Pogba, all mm-hmm. this stuff. Sims believes yeah. that if our best athletes, the Odells of the world, you, you Julio, Antonio, LeBron, yeah. if from the time they were born <sighs> played soccer – we would steamroll the rest of the world. Domination. That's his Dom- belief. It's a Neanderthal goalie. <laughs> what? LeBron I mean. at goalie. So you're, you know both sports, so I'm looking for your I insight. I want to hear your assessment. <laughs> <laughs> I respect but them as like, athletes, but I'm not, I'm not trying to like, trash them. Right. But so do I really have to answer this of question? Yeah, you yeah. Oh, because it's like, your man, yes, yes. But, but I mean, it's like a no-brainer, though. So it's like a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Yes. Kind of yes. question like, of course it is. Hell yes. Like, wow. come on. Like, that's not even up for a debate or discussion. But the the world have... soccer fans always come back and say it's not about strength or speed. It's about touch and feel. And feel. Hey, so all, how did they how manage did to occur that all feel? over the field in the World Cup? Because he was faster okay, than everybody okay. else. If that's the case. I don't know how I got if, put to the soccer. <laughs> <laughs> or Mbappe. That's what look, I meant to say. Look, if that's the case, me and Pogba have an online challenge. Mm. If you feel that way, pull up the challenge and see where me and him was going at each other. And go and see who won that challenge. <laughs> okay. Against a world-class marksman. Like Zlatan. Elite-level yes. athletes. Sure. Yeah. Would never make it in the NFL. Uh, I just – You I, know, I, I beg the difference because I feel like this is my set, but he's so big that I feel like if he was training towards that level, gotcha. then he could. Yeah, yeah. they got guys that can play in the NFL. Absolutely. I'm sure. not trying to say Tyree that. Tyreek Hill, racing well, down. That's what I'm saying. So it's not Goal. like – It's not like a question. He'll be an Mbappe. You know what I'm saying? On the wing or right, something. Right. So you got a Tyreek Hill, for sure you're going to send him up the wing and you're going to give him pass the ball in, yeah. you know, to a, um, Odell and he hit the ball or yeah. do it like a finesse shot or something. Right. And, and that's the thing that people don't realize and understand. You have all these players. They wouldn't be so much talking about Cristiano Ronaldo or, or, or Messi. Those are the only two people you probably hear. But we have those guys in our stable. You can only just take you take just NFL, for instance. Yeah. But you got NBA as well. Yeah, right. And you have baseball, baseball Major League ballers, ball, Baseball. Right. Yeah. Come on. You Russell put those people on the team. Like coming down soccer? and heading yeah, out of right. here, man. All right. Josh, you are the man. L'chaim. <laughs> Well, Thank cheers, you for having us, man. for us having you. You yes, were great. For sure. Uh, can we get a round of applause for Josh, my please? My yeah. man. My man. So, Josh. Yes. Uh, I'm going to hit you up later. 
Yeah, let me know, man. And we'll make some magic. He tried yes, to cheat on me, it. apparently. He just wants a new show with everybody oh but me. Gosh. I mean, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Norman and Lefko. All right, so, Josh, if you want to sit here while we do the news, you can. If not. Y'all got news? Yeah. Just football oh, things from today. No, just stuff that talked about today. But whatever you want to do. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if you guys saw this. Saquon came out and said, I believe I should be rookie of the year over Baker Mayfield. And I'm curious. We said, I said earlier this season, it should go to Saquon. I believe you said Saquon. I don't even know if this is news. He's rookie of the whole year. Yeah, we didn't even ask you about it. I didn't even get to ask you about players. I mean, damn. <laughs> damn. But, yes, yeah, speak about Saquon and his quads and his beautiful body. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with him. Yeah. You do. Hell yeah. Why not? I mean, you see what he do? You it's see what awkward. he did? Right. Can you explain it, though? Because this is a fantasy world where we look at statistics and points. From a football player perspective, why is Saquon the rookie of the year? I mean, the guy like I got, shoot. I mean, he has a little bit of Eric Dickerson when he gets out in the open. He got speed. Right. Um, he has definitely Barry Sanders' elusiveness and breaking tackles. Oh, right. my gosh. Yeah. I mean – Go Walter Payton. He has a little bit of that into him too, because he's ferocious and right. takes on the tackle. He got a little bit of my all style, believe it or not. Yeah, and taking running people over. Yeah, I um witnessed one of those plays. <laughs> I, I think you did. I was just about to I go was there. Like, <laughs> I came no, I came down the hill. That thing opened up like the Red Sea, and it was just me and him. Ooh. And I'm telling you, I was trying to take his head off. And as soon as I came through that hole, I smacked him there. I met him at the line. I'm talking about, I stopped my feet. His was still turning. <laughs> I met him in the hole, and I was like, where's the help? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. And he's just like, get out the way. And I was like, okay. Yeah. All right. I know for next time. <laughs> so, um, no, but he's he's definitely an amazing talent um, in the way he's hurdled out, too. It's I feel like that. I've seen them a couple of times. It's almost a no-brainer to me. Awesome. Get out of here because yeah, they they're just telling us you got to go. For sure, boss. You're the Thank man. Appreciate you, man. You are the man. Josh Norman. Josh Norman. Josh Norman, a.k.a. Batman, a.k.a. King Tut. So the, <laughs> the only other guy that would be up, I think, Steve for man. Offensive Rookie of the Year would be our homie Quentin Nelson, who's here yesterday. Right. Appreciate you, man. I just want to say one more thing about Saquon, too. Just yes. Because you, you, Saquon, I do think it was a special year. Baker Mayfield, you guys all agree, right? Yes. Like, Baker was awesome this year, right? He has changed the culture. But I always put it like this with Saquon. First of all, we talked all year about how crappy the Giants' O-line was, right? In, all year. In defending Eli. In defending Eli, how crappy it is. It wasn't great. But then you got Saquon, who averaged five yards per carry. And had over 2,000 Total combined yards. yards. It was third in rushing in the NFL. I don't, I, that's, to me, that's the thing I evaluate, right? Like, who's there to help you? And I don't think he had a ton of help. And when you can make people miss and break tackles and make people like Josh Norman go like, whoa, yeah. that's when you know you're next level. So we had the homie Quentin Nelson on yesterday, and I got a chance to get lunch with him today. And I just want to say that I made him eat chicken and waffles for the first time in his life. Thank you. Do, do, your, Thank you. do your impersonation of how he I ate it and everything. Quinn, you, don't he be got angry. Him down. Well, no, because he was just like, he was like, how do you eat this? And this is my trick for everybody. It's waffle, syrup, 
then chicken, so you don't soggy up the chicken, then hot sauce. And I'm explaining it to him by the hot time. Hot sauce? Yes. On waffles and chicken? What? Listen, bro. Damn, I if can't not, do it. If you're not school to the game, I got you. But as I'm explaining it to him, he already took the other waffle and put it on top. And he was like, I like sandwiches. And I was like, you do it, Quentin. You do it. But he was awesome. All right, so I love that he said that about Saquon. Yeah. I love when NFL athletes can admit that another guy right. is crazy. Right. Because it's – you know, it's not an ego thing. He's just really he's, that good. He's a, he's a, he appreciates it, just like we do as fans. And then we always say that players are fans, too. We can also appreciate, for us, other broadcasters. Yeah, right. And the one that's getting a lot of attention right now is Tony Romoski. Tony Romo, the guy that shares the exact same body type as myself. <laughs> um, but I think what's really funny is, is, like, this entire Super Bowl, I feel like, is about Tony Romo. Like... There's a Vegas prop of seven and a half correct guesses right. for Tony Romo in the game. Pound the under. You're going no, over? No going way. Over? Oh, no I heard way. someone say. Because I, we know how TV works, and we know that the producers, it, like in the pre-production meeting going, we don't want to take away from the game. Let's not do it too much. But I also think that in the Super Bowl, that's when crazy plays happen. Agreed. And they that's try right. to make it look one way and do the other. I think we're going to get a lot of Tony Romo incorrect guesses in this game. Well, you could. You're putting the voodoo on him right now. Yeah. But, but no, I, I think to that is a good point. It's the Super Bowl. Teams do change up tendencies. So where as a, a quarterback or somebody that follows the game like Tony does and studies it, I think some of those plays that he studied New England do all year where he was on point, right, in the AFC Championship game. Oh, he motions over. They're going to run over here. Yeah. They'll have a few tricks up their sleeves, both sides, where it'll even throw Tony Romo off a little bit. I would suggest to him not guess too much early, yes. right? And then he'll get it. See the game flow. See the game. And all you'll get a feel for some of the things they're trying to do differently, and then he'll be on point. But it's amazing what he does. He loves football. And I appreciate that. I do too. Because there are broadcasters out there that I sometimes watch, and I go, I don't know if you've watched any of these games yeah, this year. Yeah, right, right. Like the lower level, like, all right, it's Cincinnati, Cleveland. And it's like, all right, thanks, man. Way to show up. You knew the two teams. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have, has, has your mind changed at all about the game? I always want to do the Sims check-in because sometimes you think of new things. No, no, I'm, I'm not changing. You know, the only I'm picking the Patriots to win, like 27, 23, somewhere right in that range. I'm going with that. Now, I, I do – am I scared a little? Of course. It's the damn Super Bowl. They're both really good, and I'm taking the team that's less talented. Like, the Rams are the more talented team, and that's no disrespect to the Patriots, right? But the, the Rams got, like we've said, all-stars, freaks of nature, who can make plays that Bill Belichick and Brady might not be able to overcome in right. certain instances, and that always scares me to a degree. Okay. Yeah. So Brian Hoyer was asked about – Tom Brady's retirement, which is another storyline that people, even though he's definitely not retiring, we love to talk about it. His comment was, I think people maybe just want to him to retire because they're sick of seeing him do well. Yeah. I think we get tired of certain narratives, but I kind of want to ask you, what is a realistic year that Brady might retire? Yeah. Factoring in Josh McDaniels is locked in, right. even if Belichick leaves. Right. And... Gronk is probably going to retire after this year, so right. he loses one of his buddies. Yep. But his play and the health around him, what year do you put on Brady? I'm going to say 2020. That's going to be his last year. 
Bear- See, like that feels soon to me. Yeah, I was thinking years. like 2022. That's two years. I mean, and, and one year is at this age, at 40, 41, it's like in football lives every year is like, Five years. I mean, that that's you're gonna see. But I, I didn't see him get hit all year. Yeah, but we had we had points during the year where all people did was uh, he doesn't look the same, and he went through some rough spots where he wasn't maybe as magical as years past. Right, so 2020, 2020, because the end of Brady, he's still gonna be able to throw it. Like that's not gonna go away. What he's done and adjusting his mechanics, and you guys saw some of the throws he made last week, and in the in the ASC divisional game, that one I mean, throw against Miami, the beautiful oh, scene. to Cordero Patterson. Yeah, down. yeah, I mean that's those are big time. Like some of the best arms in football can only make those throws. But uh, I, I do think yes, if he the way they play is going to save him. Two years is a lot. It's a lot in football, and I do think the way they're going to play will keep him upright. You guys see how much they're running the ball now, right? Play, action, pass. Uh, you, if you've listened to me like the last few podcasts, I always say, like, Justin Houston, D. Ford, Ingram, Bosa, they don't even know what color Brady's eyes are. They didn't even get close enough to go, like, oh, look at those beautiful eyes. He's so handsome. Like, not even close enough. Oh, with the breath, right? There you go, right. Like, you don't even know what his breath smells like. Uh, that's how phenomenal he is at getting the ball out of his hand, right? But the stress they put you under with their game plan, it protects, you know, him and not having to get hand the ball, hand the ball. Oh, I got to worry about the run. I got to worry about the run. Oh, wait, he kept the ball. I got to try to get it and rush after him now. And he's amazing at doing that. Did you and see what I just looked up? No, what'd you look up? I looked up when Giselle and Tom Brady got married because I see some grown men in the audience. And you know that if your wife says you got to stop, that might stop you more than your abilities. we got to be honest here. They've been married for 10 years yeah. this February. Right. I'm this wondering, is one thing wives have no jurisdiction over. I'm sorry. I don't know. I when know your wife makes more money, wife, she makes more money than him. That, well, right. That even proves it even more. He's extra psycho. He doesn't even care. Um, He's like, I'm playing football, honey. I don't care. You know what you signed up for when we got married. I don't know. And that's where I I just, believe there is a secret Giselle Brady pack <laughs> that they've agreed on a date. And at that moment, <laughs> it is over. And she goes, it is fine. You play until February 2020, <laughs> so you might be right. Right. And then after that, you're back at home. <laughs> I don't, was that German, you think? Was that was German? All of my accents go sideways, I, so uh, let's yeah. just keep going. Okay, good. But, um, <laughs> oh, we talked about this the other day. This wasn't on the podcast. I was saying that it kind of looks like Matt Stafford's arm. I'm a little bit worried that it's going to get less. And you said guys like Stafford and Rodgers, their arms never get less strong. No. So who are the guys like that, and why is that the case? Well, they're just they're natural gifted throwers. That's so, the, like, Mahomes will have this arm until he's 50. Forever. I'm not going to say it's, like, going to be as strong right now. Like, Brady. Brady can throw it forever. Like, it might not be as strong as it was, let's say, 10 years ago in 2007 or like that, but it's not far off where mm. he's always going to be able to make all the throws. Even when he's, like, 55, he's going to be like, damn, I could still throw it if they just wouldn't. That my dad always says, if they wouldn't hit me, I could still play. You of know? course. But Big Phil, Hall of Fame. They're naturals, though. They so are, who are the quarterbacks that actually fall off? The, the guys that actually, like, I worry about Phillip Rivers. Mm. Phillip Rivers, you saw at the end of the year, right, even in the New England game. I mean, he was giving it, like, everything he had to throw it 40 yards down the field. Uh, Drew Brees is another one I worry There's about. A Saints fan I know. I'm not there, trying I, to be uh, a jerk. Drew's I the know. man. We know that. And you guys got screwed. Sorry. All right. <laughs> he did but, get screwed. But I look at a guy like that and go, yes, it will, it will fall off in a hurry. And as the year went on this year, Drew, they weren't able to stretch the field out as much. That would be one guy I would look at. Um, 
trying to look like Deshaun Watson, it'll never fall off. What about Andrew Luck? Andrew Luck it will fall off if he doesn't make adjustments. It's too mechanical, and you guys see the way Andrew Luck throws, right? It's, it's so deliberate and over the top, and he's really strong, and he can get away with that. But I don't know if that's going to last the test of time. That's like what happened to, to, to Peyton Manning, right? Peyton was the man, all-time legend, one of the greatest ever. But at the end, come on, that thing was a wet noodle. I mean, it was a wet noodle. I, 17 interceptions? Well, and, the, and his motion was so high, and it went just like this, right? I mean, it was like from here to here. Watch how it basically went from up here to the opposite pocket. Yeah. And you won't see Brady throw like that on Sunday at the Super Bowl. It's more across, right? If you want to throw a ball hard that way, your arm's got to go that way at some point to apply the force there. Yeah. And so I look at uh, that Big Ben we're seeing. He's not going to fall off. Natural thrower. It just doesn't matter what the object is. If they've decided they wanted to play baseball and be pitchers, some of these guys we're talking about, yeah. they'd be major league starters and be you know top-of-the-line kind of guys. Other quarterback in this matchup, Jared Goff, yeah. apparently Andrew Whitworth's son comes on stage and Goff promises him to buy him a shark. What? If the Rams win the Super Bowl. Why a shark? I don't know, but as an environmentally friendly person, are you are you upset about this? I'm not like I'm never a fan of like putting any wild animal in an aquarium. Like that's just not cool. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe if Whitworth's rich enough to buy a giant aquarium, so if he wants to do that, but I mean, I'm okay. You know, I don't love that. Yeah, I've never loved Share with them the animals that you own. Well, I own uh, three cats and a dog at this point. Our chickens and ducks got eaten this summer. Yes. All right. It's very tough. Yeah. You know, it's hard living out there. And the, but my <laughs> and little girl. A, owl came down and ate his chickens. Owl, hawk, coyote. My little girl, she loves animals. She wants to be a farmer. That's all she wants to do in life. So she's literally, I'm working here to buy her a farm. That's the only reason he I'm here. He is Matt Damon in that movie, We <laughs> Bought a Zoo. You're exactly right. Like, that's who he is in real life. And she gets up in the morning, and she's like total put the overalls on and she got her bucket she'd let the chickens out and make That's sure insane. their things were you know everything was clean and feed them and they would free range but in the summertime i mean the animals come out and we watched the coyote i her life one of her first life lessons martin luther king day two years ago i walk out in the back patio not to do daddy cigars it was early in the morning right <laughs> <laughs> but I walk out in the back patio, and I look down, and I could see one of her chickens is being eaten by a hawk right there. And I kind of went, <gasps> and she was in the, in the family room, and she saw my reaction. She's like, what, what? And I was like, oh, don't look. It's not a big deal, whatever. I tried it. And she's like, no, no, I want to see. And she saw it, and she handled it like a champ. She didn't bat an eye. That's the world, and Dad. She was like, Sometimes your chickens life, get Dad. eaten. And we left that chicken there for like three days because this hawk just ate. Went back to the tree. Eight went back to the tree. It's like the Patriots. They always come <laughs> they back. They always come back. <laughs> they always come back. All right. We have a Saints fan. There's been some Saints-Rams news about the hit and what happened. Let's do that, and then we're going to open up to some fan questions. So think of some good ones now. Funny, intense, insulting. I don't care. It's going to be great. First thing is, Goodell comes out there and says, Maybe we're going to do some limited judgment calls. Maybe we'll have some calls at the end that's kind of like a challenge where we look at a play that was a a ref called or a non-ref, and we're able to challenge that. I'm just going to tell you that I think this is crazy, and I think it's an awful idea, and I don't think it's actually going to happen. What happened to the Saints was a freak play. 
everyone says it was the worst non-call ever. Yeah, which it so was. So if it's the worst non-call ever, it means that this isn't a thing that happens all the time. Why would you change the entire rule book because of one thing that was an absolute freak? If, if this was an issue all the time, let's change the rule book. We've got to figure this out. This is awful. Yeah, right. But... This was one time where everyone went, it was a mistake. Yeah, it's a once in I've a, never I mean, seen it. Have you ever nev- seen anything no, like it before? I've never seen anything like it. So then like let's it. not change the rule book and get all crazy. I, I think it's a very valid point by you. I think my only change I would like to see is make it challengeable if they want to, right? I mean, if, if, a, if a, But that was a non call. I know, I know, but. St- so you could still – I still think I they should make it challenge challengeable. If it was a penalty. Well, they might have to talk about just going like if Bill Belichick's on the sideline or Sean Payton and they see it's that egregious yeah. and they go, damn, no, this is a big moment. I'm throwing the flag out there. This go is- look at it. And then the refs see it's that egregious, right. egregious. Then I'm for that. But I don't want extra challenge flags. That's I don't what need I don't. the last I don't two want minutes the- of the game to be 26 minutes. No, I, I am with you. And there's no saying that even within that it's going to get correct, right? If it's really close and it's bang, bang, Bill Belichick might look at it and go, damn, that's pass interference. But Johnny referee up in the booth, he might just go, I don't know, it was pretty close, looks good to me. Yeah. And it just doesn't mean it's going to solve the, all the problems. I just think for me, like if you listen to the media, there's always going to be that very popular phrase, if 50 people in a bar can see it's the case, come on. That, that's got to be how it is. Yeah. If me and Tommy and the boys know it's pass interference, right. it, was, it was awful. And, but I will say, sorry. They had the ball in overtime. They didn't score. They could have stopped the Rams once. They could have stopped the Rams twice. You if feel it was the, extra bad because he's like a I kid, do. too. Like, You're like, damn, I, I'm like really if the bad. Saints made it, I was expecting Saints fans to come in here and throw things at me. But because he's like a young, cool-looking kid with a cast on his arm, like, I, like I, I'm just – I feel bad. I feel bad. kid. Now, their coach, right. Sean Payton, right. did a press conference today, and you've seen that shirt with the clown Goodell shirt, and he wore that under the hoodie. Yeah. Sean Payton, if there's one coach that doesn't like Goodell, it's Sean Payton. Sure. From Bounty Gate, being suspended for a year, all that stuff. You know Sean Payton well. With purposeful troll. Yeah, he didn't I, just grab that off the T-shirt pile I, and throw know, it on. He's he's Sean and Payton because he's got an edge about him, and yeah. you know he didn't like if you if you haven't seen it yet, look at the picture and you'll see uh, you know anywhere. On, yeah, it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear, but he doesn't. Zi- he zipped this thing down just enough so you could tell that's what the shirt was. Right. But he was like, you know, if I go the whole way and show it's Goodell, that then it becomes almost unclassy. Yes. So he's a lot like players. Coaches, a lot of these coaches were athletes and competitors in their prior life to being a coach, and they do have that edge about them or look for that thing to motivate them. And he's pissed off, and he should be. He said he sat in his room for three days and, had, uh, and ate ice cream and watched Netflix. Damn. It's like me after a breakup. I hear you. But what was he watching? It's going to come out. He was doing that not, Bandersnatch for not three Pet days. Detective he's trying Ace to Ventura. do a- I know he wasn't watching Pet Detective Ace Ventura. I know that. It's Ace Ventura. Pet Detective, okay? <laughs> two. It's his when, favorite movie of when, all time. He says no, it's number one all Ace time. Ventura 2, When Nature Calls, oh. is the greatest movie of all time. Yours is what? Braveheart? Gladiator? Godfather. No, Godfather. Everyone takes these top movie things, and it's like I'm supposed to be like Ebert and Roper. It's my favorite movies. Yours could be Friday, and I'd be like, that's a great movie. No. North no, it Dallas really can't 40. Be. It can't be. They're not, they're not in great movie stats. Funniest movie? Sure. 
great movie status, ridiculousness. It's between Whiplash and Ace Ventura 2, <laughs> When Nature Calls. <laughs> One of those two. J.K. Simmons and then the, the chubby Whiplash guy. Whiplash is good. That they do the slinky on the stairs. All right, we're being idiots. Let's <laughs> open this up. Uh, we got two microphones. We have Nicole and Karen. So stick up your hand if you'd like to ask a question. Don't be afraid. It's okay. Uh, I saw a hand movement, and we got a few over yeah, here. Yeah, don't be scared. There's no question dumb enough for us, so don't yeah, worry. We're already Come idiots. on, I've opened you up to my dumbness. Say your, say your name first. So I'm Michael Polano. Uh, What's up, bro? What's up, man? How are you? Good, man. Good. Uh, so my first question actually is, do you think uh, Lefko has one of those arms that will sustain time for 50 wow. yards on the field, or do you think it's going to go quickly like All right, so guys? just so You'll you know, see Thursday and I'm night. not giving the results out, okay? Um, so I already know whether he got to the 50-yard mark or not, right? But no. what do you think of my arm? I have, I have a poker face. You'll never be able to tell what the results are. But your arm, well, yeah, if he practiced at it, he has, a, he has a, a pretty natural motion. It's not bad. How about it's that? It's not necessarily the motion that concerns me. It's just the overall athletic ability from Lefko. <laughs> That's really what worries me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't Say, help Yeah, it. yeah. I'll last longer than Drew Brees. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Chris. That was perfect. <laughs> Do you think? By the way, this is the Saints fan that's been making me feel guilty for the entire time. <laughs> it's all good. Do you think picking up Nick Foles on his uh, option for twenty million will hurt the Eagles in the long run? Mm. I think my biggest fear, though, is is losing Nick Foles and not getting anything. This notion that he's done so much for us and that we should let him explore free agency. There's really not that many teams that need a quarterback. Two of the three are in the NFC East. I don't want to see Nick Foles on the Giants. I don't want to see Nick Foles on Washington. I'm happy to see Nick Foles in Jacksonville. Or Miami. Like, get that, or Miami. Yeah. But I, if we pick up his option, I think that there's – I'm not sure about this quarterback draft class. We have Kyler Murray, who's five foot nine. That's going to scare people. We have Haskins from Ohio State, who played one year. That'll scare people. The value for someone like Nick Foles – we're going to find a team that we can trade him for if they do extend him that extra year. But if he goes to the Giants, that's just going to be like a stake in my heart because it'll be Nick Foles, Odell, and Saquon. and twice. We've owned them. I He's just, not going to the Giants, no. so don't worry. That's not happening. Redskins? I don't know. You might, that, that, I feel like that could happen. Uh, I do. But all right, they, let's keep going. They need to get, I do think he's right about like they got to get there's this is not this is the NFL this is not like best friends game or anything yeah. like that like oh, oh you Nick, were so good to us you. we'll let no. you go for free no it's they got to play business and try to get something for him would would be my assessment cool. we're gonna too. go here and then we're gonna go right behind him in the back hey so I'm Sapoon hey um, brother good to see you where's your wife at you said yeah, she's she's right out there right okay now. good I just want to make sure yeah um, okay so as a Giants fan I understood football four years ago so. I've never seen the Giants be good. Right. So what do you think the Giants need to do to actually get better mm-hmm. other than just, like, getting rid of Eli? You know, yes, because like, we talk the, about the, that a lot. Yeah. yeah, like, at the end of the day, the O-line's still not good. Right. right. And our defense, we traded away a lot of pieces. So, like, what does the future hold for the Giants? Yeah, no, there's still some, some holes within that football team. But they got a lot of potential, too. I mean, you, you see that they got stars in the right position, right? Certainly. I think uh, – Offensive line is still need a player or two there to solidify that because I, even though I do think Eli is certainly done or very close to being done, they do need to help him out in that, in that uh, regard. And to help Saquon Barkley out, I think defensively, they need – they got big people. 
They need, like, a legit edge pass rusher. Olivier Vernon's good, but I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that's going to be 12, 14 sacks. I don't think that's in his game. He's an all-around real good football player. And I do think that corner, another cover corner, would probably be the, the area I look at the most. They're not far off. They really are not. It would not surprise me if they got the right pieces in this offseason, even if Eli was the quarterback, that they could manage him a lot like I'm not saying he's – up to Tom Brady's caliber, but play a style of game like we've seen New England play here Quick late throws. in the season. Run the ball, run yeah. the ball, play action, play action, screen, screen to Odell, yeah. screen to Saquon, that kind of style, which will benefit him. And I, th- and I think the issue with, make the, run. with the Giants right now is that their salary structure is insanely top-heavy. They have so much money going to just a few guys, and this is a league that's all about depth. And there's a reason Jerry Reese got fired. The, a lot of those draft picks, two through six, are not on the team. And so they need depth, and they've all that money on Solder and all that money on Olivier, they need that middle class because as we're seeing with the Patriots, middle class you is, want the 53. Yeah. There's not a lot of teams like the Rams that have that 11 that play the whole time. Like, it, it really is. That's a great point by Lefko with the middle class. I mean, that's what makes New England amazing. Every year when they get injuries, right, we're always like, man, they're injured, but they're still in the AFC Championship game because Belichick goes after a lot of good and doesn't always chase great with the players. Yeah. So if they lose their starting middle linebacker, he has money that has a backup that's close to Very that similar. caliber. It's not a huge drop-off yeah. where if the Rams lost Aaron Donald, right, you go, oh, that's, this is a different team now. They're not the yeah. same. Or they lose one or two guys, they're, they're in a different spot, and they were fortunate to avoid that this year. All right. Oh, where are we going now? Okay, right here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers impersonation spot on. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. I didn't even realize Instagram. they were going to post that on me today, but I appreciate that. Um, why do you think Todd Gurley's knee is not a bigger deal right now? Like, do the Rams have a chance without with Todd Gurley run 10 yards? They're not beating the Patriots. I, I, I'm not scared. Uh, I think Todd, Todd Gurley's going to be ready to go. First of all, with the two weeks off for the Super Bowl. The other thing you got to worry, you got to think about too, it's the Super Bowl, and there's nothing to worry about the week after, right? So you can manage players and things a little differently for this game. You can just go, we're all in. You got six months to get back ready. The hell with your knee. Um, but the knee does. Players pocket. Yes. But but the no the knee does concern me. You you know it does. Whenever you hear about non-contact, his knee swelling up. There's constantly fluid in there. It worries me. But I'm not worried about Todd Gurley yet as the player. Well, let's let's pump the brakes on. We're concerned about him just because he didn't have a good NFC Championship game. C.J. Anderson's NFC Championship game wasn't special either. That was a good Rams defense. Let's not forget Gurley Six. ran 16 for 115 the week before. And Todd Gurley, I still think on the field on Sunday, is the most explosive player on the field. Like if there was one guy that you go, who would you bet that has a 70-yard touchdown or more in that game? I'm taking Todd Gurley. That's what's special about him. When he sees a hole, he's got enough speed to get through it and outrun everybody. The answer actually was Gerald Everett for the 70-yard touchdown. (laughs) That's okay. What's going on, man? Hey, John Russian here. Um, I got a couple of quick questions. You got it. Um, considering the head coaching turnover that we have every year in the NFL, how much of a real advantage do veteran coaches like Bill Belichick and Andy Reid have over these other young coaches? And also, if the Chiefs can beef up that defense a little bit, does anybody oh. have a chance versus uh, Patrick Mahomes moving forward? And also, if you guys haven't been told, this is a Falcon City. Don't Amen. let nobody tell you nothing yeah. different. Okay. We know that. Sure. We know that. No doubt about it. We had Michael Vick here. We had Mike Vick here. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. we're not messing up. First thing I would say is if I'm a cornerback, 
I'm calling the Chiefs, and I'm saying I'm going to give you a discount. I want to be on that team. I think getting rid of Bob Sutton is a huge step for the Chiefs just because he played the same, de- same defense every time. And if you think about Spagnolo, who did they officially yeah, hire him? I think so, yes. What was the defense that he beat the Patriots with in the Super yeah, Bowl? Yeah, right. It was about three pass rushers getting after Tom Brady. And he's got D. Ford, Chris Jones, and he's got Justin Houston. Justin Houston. So – I The Chiefs are going to be in it for the next decade because Patrick Mahomes is that good. I'm going to say the thing about the coaches to even take it a step further. Somebody like Bill Belichick is so special because he doesn't just look at Sean McVay's offense. He goes, who originally created Sean McVay's offense? Okay, I can trace that back to Shanahan, and he got it from Mike Shanahan, and Mike Shanahan got it from... Well, yeah, right. Like he'll, he, he'll trace it to like he'll before go that, Bill and he'll Walsh. Be going, he's with Gruden, and he's, so right. there's Gruden aspects so they got to worry about. So these young coaches, they, they have their offense, but they don't even understand why their offense was created like that, where like the Bill Belichick's of the world, they... They understand everything. Nothing's new to them. There are no wrinkles. And then also, like, I'm a little bit concerned about Sean McVay in the Super Bowl. Not, like, I think he's going to be great, but has he ever been there in crunch time situation with two minutes left, wondering if he should call a timeout? Like, the move that Belichick did in that Super Bowl against Seattle, not calling the timeout because he realized that they were going to pass the ball, Seattle was, instead of running it. Like, he saw their sideline. I don't know if Sean McVay is going to have the presence of mind to look over and study Belichick and see which personnel he's sending in. So the advantages there are it's wild because you've been there before and you've done it. Yeah. And I'll let you take a crack. Yeah, no, I mean, you said a lot of good things. I mean, McVay, McVay, to what Lefko is saying, though, I do think he's a guy that knows the history, right? Yes. Like, he is into it. Like, he grew up in it. So he is going to be the type of guy that's going to be like, where is this system from? Where did it originate? I guess I met all the McVeigh impersonators, the Cliff Kingsburys, the Matt LaFleurs, yeah, all, all that, the guys. all that crap. Yeah. Now, to your point with, like, do those coaches have advantages? Certainly do. I mean, there's things. They've just been around the block more times than not. Now, one area I'll tell you that some of these coaches have a disadvantage, though, the Belichick's, the Andy Reid's. Every year, people's trying to take coaches from them. So they're always having to bring up a new group of coaches. So what I respect about like Nick Saban in Alabama, I feel like every year it's offensive defensive coordinator, gone. And I'm still like, damn, they're still awesome. It yeah. just doesn't matter. That would be one aspect. And the Chiefs defense. And the Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense, it just needs back-end help. The, the AFC, I mean, Mahomes, of course, the man, right? I mean, he's, he's the only guy I Watson. think challenging. But you go through the AFC and what we could have here going into the future between him and Deshaun Watson, right? Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Andrew Luck's not Sam going anywhere Darnold. time. Sam Darnold's coming up the ranks. The AFC Andy could be... Dalton. what Dalton. <laughs> what? <laughs> AFC could be one of those, like... It could get to that golden era of, like, quarterbacks where you go, wow. And Mahomes will be the class of that because yes. Mahomes is, like, a The once- greatest quarterback in the NFL right now. Should, you want to kick his ass with me? Let's do it. He gets really upset because I think that Mahomes right now is playing at a level better than Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think I'm being that reactionary. Gosh, you're such a fair-weather fan. Sorry. Rodgers is my number two. If Aaron Rodgers— Listen, Rogers- you have Tom Brady as what all time? Three? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, she's what a jerk. Uh, yeah, You're I can't believe Mahomes. it. I can't believe you. I just, know. I just, there's, Mahomes is great. All right, let's go to Brian Dawkins. <laughs> All right, uh, Pat Kugel here. Um, just curious what Chris thinks of Lamar and his fit with the Ravens, whether he's the guy for the next 10 to 15 years or the jury's still out. I mean, mm. he had a pretty impressive run there at the yeah. end of the season into the playoffs, but he's the guy. Yeah, I think he is the guy. Now, 15 years, I don't think so. You know, I don't think, like, 
guys like Lamar Jackson are going to have the Tom Brady-type careers and le- until he starts to prove that he can play that type of game. But the Lamar Jackson, you know, even Deshaun Watson, I worry about them at times because they are so gifted athletically and they can do things that Brady could never dream of running around and doing that. But within that, at the same time, they open themselves up for a lot of big shots, right? I mean, you saw Lamar, Deshaun this year. Man, they took some shots where, you know, I'm just like, please get down, get out of the way. I think Deshaun was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL yes, this year. Yes, right. And, and uh, Lamar, though, the thing, sneaky thing about Lamar, if you go back and really watch the year, he's great at, like, avoiding getting squared up where he might – you know, get hit on the edge, but he never gets like just act absolutely like lambasted. So Do you, if he he's going to go this offseason yeah. and he's going to throw the ball constantly and work on it, yes. Could we see a monster jump in his throwing ability? I think so. I think this experience for him in general is. He's going to have the offseason, and he's going to just go, okay, I can do this. And he's going to go back and watch film, and he's going to go, man, what an idiot I am. Why didn't I go to this check There's or no Joe this Flacco guy? controversy. I, exactly right. They're going to build this around him. And I think with the Ravens and the style of play, John, John Harbaugh wants to play like smash mouth, beat you up. We're going to play defense, and then when, when you start to crowd by the line of scrimmage, Lamar's going to bomb one over your head, or you start to condense your defense to stop the inside run, Lamar's going to run around the edge. So that would be my only thing. He's definitely the future. He's the man. I'm a believer in Lamar, but I do worry about 15-year careers with those type of guys. Nicole with a great shuffle down here. Well done. All right, what do we got? All right, what's up, guys? Jordan, so two quick questions. Okay. First one. Both of you guys' take is a Falcons fan. Got to ask about Devontae Freeman. Yeah. yeah. I know you guys are big. We're Kyle, Han- Kyle Shanahan offensive sure. guys. We're big Devontae Freeman fans, too. Okay, but so two years ago, had the big year. Nothing since. You got to be on the field to perform. Right. Hasn't been this last year. Lefko is an Eagles fan. All I remember for that first game of the season mm. is him getting blown up in the backfield in pass-blocking schemes, like thrown back by yeah. whoever it was, defensive yeah. lineman, linebacker. Thoughts on that? Second is you guys should do – you guys did the top five quarterbacks for the draft. Right. You guys should do a recap of those because I know, you, like, we changed them around at the yeah. end. Like, it was my first year I rechanged this year. I was yeah, disappointed in myself last year. I was, I was disappointed. kind of by the Lamar Jackson change. Yeah, yeah. Was a strong I know. One. Yep. But you guys should do a recap of that because that would be cool to see. Yeah. yeah so cool. my cool. first thing about Devontae Freeman is – this was an offensive line, and correct me if I'm wrong, that was brought in to run Kyle Shanahan's offense. And the problem about teams after a Shanahan leaves is that he's one of the only guys that runs that. It's about smaller, mobile offensive linemen that can get out on the move to run that zone scheme. And then Sarkeesian gets in there and wants to run like kind of power run sets. Your offensive line got destroyed this year. I mean, you lost both. You lost starting guards and backup guards. Your center got hurt. It was crazy. So, it's. I don't want to put it on Devonte. Yeah. I'm not getting emotional. Right. I just had something in my throat. But I, I feel like the offensive line was a bigger issue than Devonte. But I do worry about Devonte's concussions because. Worse than knees and legs. It's once this starts getting wrung too much. Now I'm worried about him as a human. Because if it keeps – and he's a physical runner, but I'm curious what you think. No, no. I mean, I think you're, you're making a lot of the points uh, that are spot on. I mean, first of all, the Falcons, I like that they got Dirk Cutter as the offensive coordinator. I think it's an awesome hire. Dirk Cutter's aggressive. He's way more advanced in finding explosive plays in their run game and pass game as compared to a Steve Sarkeesian. Again, 
I always worry about a college guy that comes to the NFL because you, if you guys have listened to me, I always say you don't, they don't even know what they don't know yet, right? They're, like, they're learning on the job, and they're like, wait, what is this team doing? How are they blocking that? And you know, they're trying to figure out things while they're also coaching their team. Devontae Freeman, to what he kind of said, he runs like he's six foot 235, he but he's 5'8", 206. Uh, I still think he's got tread on his tire, and I still think he can be a really good football player. But like a great boxer, I always worry about those type of runners at that size, all the car crash hits they take all the time. You get hit out in the NFL. They can get hit out. Uh, I mean, man, running back in the NFL, I used to give the ball to guys and turn around and be like, oh, my gosh, my neck would have broke four times on that play. Like, with four different instances. Yeah, you really did Mike Pittman dirty. I mean, Mike Pittman, I got him almost killed by Ray Lewis. I felt horrible. Like, I didn't know what to say. I mean... Ray's like, he's running right here, and you're like, oh, crap, he's right. (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. But to your point also with the pass protection, always going to be an issue with those type of guys. It's a big reason, and I know this, and Lefko's heard me say this, New England believes in big linebackers for that reason right there. They go, if you want to put in your third down, Darren Sproles, pass stat back, whatever, and now we got Dante Hightower, who's 6'5", 270 running at him, good luck trying. That's, that's going to collapse the pocket. Yeah. Uh, so within those type of guys, you've got to be smart when you keep them to protect, and then you've got to be smart and when you just go, just send everybody out. Don't even put them in that position. So here were Sims's top five quarterbacks from the draft. Josh Allen was one. Josh Rosen was two. Right. Baker was three, right. Lamar four, and then my best friend in the world, Sam Darnold, Stalker was alert. five. Stalker alert. So if you were to, re- if you were to rearrange them now, yeah. would you? Yes. So you would put Baker one? Baker's one, yes. Baker. I'm going to guess yours. Yeah, go ahead. I think you're going to have Baker one, right. Josh Allen two. Correct. Uh, and I think you might put Darnold three. I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. This I is, don't know. This is, I'm not even sure if I know. You know what? I would probably go... Mm. Just from this year alone, I'm going to go Lamar three. Wow. I am. Lamar, even the way he played, I know we're all going to sit there and go, oh, well, you didn't have to throw it that much. It's not necessarily easy to play that way when they go, hey, we want you to run it, and we want you to run it, and then we want you to hand it off, and then hand it off, and then you run it, and then it's, oh, damn, now make a throw on third and nine. That's not easy to play quarterback like that. It's just not. You know, it's just like a shooter when you haven't shot the ball in a while, and all of a sudden it comes your way, and it's just like, oh, man, this doesn't feel right. i got to get in the rhythm again. So I would go him there, and then Sam Darnold four, and then Rosen five. But three, four, and five is very close. Darnold got hurt at a very important part of the year for me to evaluate. I know he had some end-of-the-season success, but sometimes when it's the end of the season and the pressure's off your team and all of that, it's hard to evaluate. Sometimes you're playing teams that don't have crap to do, or yeah. have, and then sometimes uh, you, know, you just have no pressure on yourself as a team because you're not in it. So, Sims, there's one thing that we really take pride in in Sims and Lefko. It's not just focusing on the stars. It's understanding football and knowing yeah. who really makes the money, and our next guest is one of those guys. Let's all welcome Kareem Jackson of the Houston Texans to the show. How are you, brother? Great meeting you, man. What's up, dude? How you doing? Everything good? So, Sims, I would like you to formally introduce Kareem because you have a man crush on Kareem I do Jackson. have a man crush, okay? Just on football. You're handsome, too, though. I'll, I'll admit it, all right? Uh, but 
I mean, Kareem Jackson is one of my favorite defensive players in football. First round, we always, we always talk about, oh, Alabama corners. They never perform. Uh, negative Ghost Rider, he's pretty awesome. So is Drake Kirkpatrick, and there's a lot of others, too. Second of all, man, are you a football player. I mean, it's not just about years of being kind of a lockdown corner, but this year they ask you to go to safety. Then there's a few injuries. Then you've got to go back to corner. You're the best tackling corner in football for my money. I yeah, love how you th- throw your that body hit around. on Philip Lindsay was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I kind of pride myself on being physical. You know, um, I know that's one of my my best, you know, assets, you know, as a player, you know. So um, a lot of times you see smaller guys out there, you know, uh, offensive guys think they can kind of do whatever they want, you know, kind of run them over or whatever. So, you know, for me, you know, I like to be that guy that give you a little something different out there on the, on the edge, man. You know, um, you're a it's missile. Not, it's not, you don't even wait. You just go. You don't break down or anything. You just see it and you fly at their hips right. and you take them out. A, a lot of times when you when you sit and wait for you break down, that's when you miss. So right. for me, I, I like to get them before they get me. So um, like I say, I pride myself on being physical out there. So Sims, listen to this. Yeah. Through 14 games, he had 82 tackles, 14 passes defended, five tackles for loss, two interceptions, two forced fumbles, one fumble return, and a sack. No one in 18 years had those stats in a full season, and he had it in 14 Damn, games. Damn, homie. Man. Sounds so, good. That's pretty good, huh? That is yeah. pretty good. So, so where do you think it's going to go from here? I mean, because it looks like you're about to make, like, the Charles Woodson switch almost, um, or the Rod Woodson switch, corner to safety. Right. Um, do you think it's going to go there? I think so. Yeah. It just depends on, you know, whatever team I, you know, because I'm, I'm a free agent this year. So right. it just depends Ooh. on whatever team, you know, decides to, you know, bring me in. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm opposed to anything, man. Yeah. I, I'll play – for me, I'll play safety, I'll play Call corner, I'll play the slot, you know, Call whatever it is. Man. So, telling you to go to Kansas City. But I think at this point in my career, I'll be 31 once the season starts. So I think, you know, playing safety will probably be ideal. Right. Get the most years out of it. Right, right. right. You so know, just kind of get ready to make that transition. Right. All right, I have free advice. It's called Left Go PR. What I need you to do, it's a tried and true method. Odell used it. It worked. And right. it got him a new contract. Once a week, you need to put up a video cut with some cool music of you shirt off bent like doing some workouts cutting and it's just you just put it out every wednesday night and what happens is people go man kareem jackson he's 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 killing it right he's working right now and what you do is take steal the d'angelo russell move and and say you were working out at two in the morning and people be like man he never sleeps i'm telling you man that's free advice might have to try that man um i don't really like to campaign on instagram or all these social you know social media sites like that i'm man. with you for me it's just Damn. it's just I, I just like to let my work speak for itself you know mm-hmm. and I, I feel like i put in you know some good work this year so you know if i if i gotta go to do all that stuff with my shirt off and all that then i, I didn't do what i was supposed to do during the season all right fine yeah. <laughs> i guess i'm working out my shirt off again trying to get signed by a team you, uh okay. kjack tv are you gonna be coming for our jobs is that the plan after I, I the next wanna, play? I don't want to come for you guys, y'all. Maybe I can join you. Hey. This table big enough. You know, it is. We can, all, we, can all, I say we, here. we can all slide over and we can have the guests right down the end. But um, yeah. that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking, man. Um, for me, after, after I'm done, I definitely want to be around the sport still. You know, it's just, you know, to be around all the guys and, you know, see all the fans and stuff like that, man. Um, I love this game. So, you know, when I'm done, I definitely want to, you know, do some stuff like commentating, you know, college, you know, definitely, you know, NFL. So it's all about, for me, it's all about being around it when I'm done. 
Well, uh, I want to know about the Nick Saban experience. Okay, cool. cool. I, yeah, I, and when you do that, because you also have Billy O'Brien, so I don't mean to cut you into Please your question, but together. like that, it's O'Brien's from Belichick, Saban's, you know, of course, right. Saban. Kind of talk about both of them, if um, you don't mind. A lot of similarities, man. Um, both rah-rah guys. Right. You know, um, for me, when, when I was in college, man, um, it was, it was you know, it was a, a, a culture shock for me, you know, just going and coming because I came from uh, military school you know I went, to really? Fort, I went to Fort Union Military Academy wow and um, I was a, a mid-year guy there you know and I enrolled early at Alabama and you know to go from obviously I wanted the best guys at that school and you know to get there and being one of the first signees under Saban and, and to get in that um, that spring practice and just to see the way he was you know kind of going off on guys I'm like oh my god what have I got myself into but um, how, man, how quickly does it switch from "we'd love to have you" and, to "shut the hell up"? Like, how, like that's and, gotta be crazy. And, and that was the thing, man, because it happened so fast. The way I ended up at Alabama, um, I, I ended up meeting him at a little small airport here in Atlanta. You know, he was going out recruiting and stuff, and I met him on like a Monday. I had just came back from a recruiting visit from uh, Maryland, and you know, because I was trying to be a mid-year guy, and you know, in my mind, I thought you know I was gonna go to Maryland, and he called me that Sunday night. Met him at the airport that Monday morning. Kirby Smart jumped in the car. Me and my high school coach, wow. Kirby we went, Smart, yeah. we went on to Alabama, looked around. I was in class that Tuesday. Wow. And so from there to, you know, getting in and just meeting him and talking to him, he, you know, soft voice and stuff. We finally get in that first practice. You're like, man, this guy is, has, has, has definitely it switched on me. It's, it's a 180. And wow. I'm like, man. It was nothing like this at the airport. And he's – I've always heard he's extra hard. I mean, he's a professional DB technique guy, yeah, right? Yeah. So he's extra uh, hard on your position. Film room with him, um, individuals with him, all right. with him. You know, Smart takes the, um, the safeties. He with the corners, all technique, you know, for about 20, 30 minutes. Right. But um, definitely, definitely the best time of my life, though, you know, to go there. You know, um, um, for me, I wanted to go there because I thought it would give me the best chance to play at the next level, you yeah. know, playing in a pro-style defense. He had just came from the Dolphins, so, you know, um, and it was a great decision for me. Man. Yeah, uh, I think so. I think definitely. it worked out. Yeah, you're well. doing all right, man. It was a great I, decision for me. Yeah. Well, we, we, I, I mean, we talk about you a lot because we do love to talk about guys like you that – are under the radar superstars that we always like people that should be in the Pro Bowl, but because like they don't, the name isn't as known, they don't get the credit. Yeah, popularity contest. It yes. is a popularity contest, man. And um, I kind of voiced my opinion about that this year. You How know, did that but, go? Um, I mean, you can say whatever you want, man. It's not going to change. No, I know. it's yeah, not. None of that stuff. It's not going to change. It's like that every year, man. You got guys that deserve to be in that don't get in. You got guys that get in that, in my opinion, don't deserve to be in. Right. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, that's just how it is. But it's, it's not going to change. Because this is my rant about the Pro Bowl. Everyone says nobody cares about the game. Everyone says it's a joke. But then when the careers are over and we count out the Pro Bowls and they're going in the Hall of Fame, we right. go, this is a seven-time Pro Bowl. Yeah, right. And I go, I thought Pro Bowls didn't matter. Right, definitely. Right. And or incentives for your contract. Exactly. Yeah, or bonuses. Exactly. Right. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to have on your resume, especially, you know, this time of year, you know, if you're going into a free agency. But um, at the end of the year, man, if whoever knows football, they can look at the film and, you know, they, they can see, you know, the work that you put in. So, you know. How are you mentally preparing for a free agency? Is this your first free agency? Second. Okay. He got paid once. Well, I didn't. I, didn't, I actually didn't get the free agency, but. 
this will be yeah. you know second time around. Yeah. How do you like? How do you talk to your agent? Like, is it a game plan thing? Because the human psyche is, come on, man. Where are the phone calls? Right. Like, how are you preparing to deal um, with that? Because I, you know, I've been in the been in the league. Was, this will be my tenth year going into wow. ten. So, um, you know, I, I kind of know how it goes. So, you know, I'm I'm just kind of sitting back waiting. You know, I feel like. You know, I, I did what all I can do. I control what I could. I could control, and that was going out and 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 playing the best I could this year. So for me, it's just a waiting game, man. Um, I think my wife is more on edge than me right now because right. in her head, she's like, you know, if we had to move, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta yeah. do. I'm like, just relax. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've been there, man. Yeah, she ain't relax. gonna relax until you get to the new spot. Yeah, so. so um I mean, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it, man. You know, um, it's it's a great opportunity for me right now. You know, um, considering the year that I had, you know, and and I mean, if if we end up somewhere else, you know, new opportunity. You sure. know, that's how I look at it. So I'm 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 actually excited about it. Well, you and Clowney free agents. Well, that's where I want to go next. Like, I mean, you talk about the popularity contest. You've got a lot of those guys on the Houston Texans. Like, right. I, you know. I, I I don't even know where to start. I really want you just to go through, like, the checklist of some of the super freaks on your team. Like, tell me about your Davion. Tell me your first thoughts about Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt. Um, did I miss anybody else? I think those are the three. And DeAndre Hopkins. Like, right, just right, kind of right. give me a, a – I'll start with the two guys that make my job easier, right. man. Because, um, obviously, J.J., man, you see the type of guy he is. Um, and somebody just asked me, you know, was this year more about, you know um, – you know him just you know just wanting to go out and you know just kind of get back on track you know and and I guess he just wanted to prove to himself that you know he could still go out and you know play at a high level and also prove other everybody wrong you know because uh, you had some people probably saying that he was done you know but um seeing him work on a day-to-day basis man he worked like no other mm-hmm. you know um it's, it's two guys in this league that I I see that I've seen work on a consistent basis and I'm like nah I'm not doing that is Eric Berry and J.J. Uh, Watt. Uh. Eric Berry worked like I've never seen before, and J.J. does the same. And, and, and it shows in those guys' play. But, so um, what, is, what is crazy? Because as someone who goes to the gym, once every two weeks, we'll put it at. I think that's the over. Yeah, that might be too many. <laughs> I, I always assume, we assume that you guys are, you ain't with me in the gym. Like, I always assume that's going on. Right. What about their workouts were that much crazier that it caught your attention? Well, I, I trained with Eric Berry in, in uh, South Florida. Um, I trained there ever since I came out. And we'll do a full two-hour workout nonstop running. Like, And after we finish and I look around at everybody, we all just, like, blow tired. Like, no, we can't do anything else. He'll take a 10-minute break and do another hour and a half of just, like, little footwork stuff, like, you know, Hand speed ladder, yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Right. And I'm like, man, I'm going home, man. I see y'all tomorrow, yeah. man. I ain't doing that, because <laughs> I don't, I don't have anything low. Yeah, but I mean, on, and then what about JJ yeah, or Clowney? Oh, Clowney. Yeah, yeah, my right. bad. Clowney's one of those guys. He's one of those those rare guys. That's in your career, you probably play with one or two guys in your head. You probably say they can get out of the bed and put their stuff on and go out there yeah, and. Right. And do whatever they want to do right. with anybody. Right. He's one of those Saps guys. Yeah, Saps is one of those guys. Yeah. Clowney's one of those guys. Right. One of those guys. He he just come in and he's just guy takes his shirt off and it, and he looked like a DB like abs just yeah. rocked up and you like man <laughs> and you look at him and he's like come on Clowney we're gonna go you know run some extra sprints and do that he's like all right yeah we, we can do it and he just kind of get out there and he outrun all the DBs and all that stuff. Wow. 
Just a just a physical freak. I mean, I'm amazed by his power because, like, it's just like he's not like you know. I know he's muscular and wiry, but, but he not, moves right. He, he moves. He's, he's not like JJ big. Right. He's like I say. He kind of he take his shirt off and he just chills it like a DB. But when I say just freakish athlete, yeah. scary. Right. He's one of those guys. And get out of the bed and just go play, and he'll get you two, three sacks. Yeah. It's, it's a couple guys, you, you know, like I said, you play with you in career, and you say, he can do anything he wants fresh out of the bed. Exactly. So did you know that you were an elite club of 13 guys in the NFL that not many people are in? It's a club that we love here. It's called the Blake Bortles Pick 6 Club. <laughs> and it's happened 13 times, everybody. Kareem Jackson is one of those guys, right? All right, I'm being I'm being kind of an asshole. Um, <laughs> Wait, no, we he I gotta hear about Deshaun and Hopkins. I want to talk about Blake Bortles. Oh my gosh, stop! All right, fine. I gotta hear but about Deshaun. We're and talking Hopkins. about Bortles <laughs> after. Yeah, um, Deshaun, man, he's just a, just a special talent, man. Yeah. Um, I think he's gonna be, you know, the best best quarterback in this game, you know, in a, in, a, in a couple years, you know. Um, I mean, we all see the numbers he put up. You know, the thing that makes him so good, man, I think is his approach to, you know, you know, getting better on a day-to-day basis. You know, um, he carries himself like a 10-year vet, you know. Um, and, and one of the things that makes him, you know, so hard to prepare for, he can extend plays. Yeah. You know, you got a guy that can extend plays, man, and make those off-schedule plays, man. It's tough to play against those guys because – you know, if that first read's not open, you know, he's going to run around until you find somebody or he could run for 10 to 15 yards. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. You know, you got him third and long, and, you know, he scrambled for 15, 20 yards, and right. now he extended drive, man. That's tough. But um, he's definitely, you know, an elite guy. I mean, like I said, man, every day, you know, he's a leader, carries himself like a 10-year vet, man. So um, I wish Fuller was healthy. Because that offense, when it's right. Fuller and Hopkins and the high-low, right. it was, like, unstoppable. It was, it's like, 30-something points man. a game. Seeing those guys every day in practice, man, it definitely definitely makes you a lot better. Yeah. And Hopkins then, And do you believe him? that Hopkins is the best receiver in the game? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> nah. It's time to go to Atlanta. <laughs> I, 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 I think so, man. Um, just, you know, what he does on a consistent basis, you know, um, I think our, our staff does a great job of kind of moving him around, put him in different spots. But, um, man, with Will going out, with him still getting the double, man, it, it, he's still open. It's yeah. crazy. Because it's, it's – His hands. Exactly. And traffic. It's, it's it's just, you have guys draped all over him, and, you know, he's making one-handed catches. Like, he's catching it against his helmet or right. against his, his butt. butt. Like, yeah. all kind of crazy stuff, man. Um, yeah. Every year he has three or four insane catches that you're like, it, it's, it's no way – how about the Dallas game in overtime this year? That play, like 40 yards to set right. up the game winner. And he has sneaky speed. He has sneaky speed. But, um, I mean, I, I, think he's, I think he's the best in the game. I think so. I think he thinks Tyree Kill's the best in the game. Yeah. Think so? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I do. I think he's the most dangerous in the game right now. He, oh, can, he can't catch any of those type of plays. But uh, before you go, this is, this is it. Like, the receiver that you've gone against that just – you're just always like, wow, like, gosh, damn, that guy's good. Not Hopkins, you know, um, somebody else on another it's team. A, it's a couple guys in the game, man. Obviously, Julio, we're in Atlanta, so. That's what he wanted. That's what yeah. he wanted to hear. I, I played in school with him, so I had the right. pleasure of seeing him, you know, every day in practice. But, you know, obviously, Julio, man, with the numbers he put up, you know, year in and year out. Um, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. It's, for me, man, it's those guys with that speed, man. 
and and that quickness. Yeah. You know, um, they back you off to where you always have to worry tough, about. Yeah, yeah. Because and then not only that, once they catch it, you got to get them down. Right. You got to get them down. Like you know, um, the run out the catch guys. You know, Odell. Yeah. You know, those right. guys, man, right. that can run away from you once they catch it, man. That's that's tough, man. So. Um, we played against Odell this year, and you know a lot of his a lot of his yards came on you know yak yards. All right, so how excited were you guys to play the Jaguars the last few years? Uh-uh. I'll be serious. <laughs> He's not good. <laughs> like I'm saying this, it's not him, and it's not him. I am saying this, it's okay. But like, let's let's be real though. Always excited. <laughs> always excited, man. <laughs> I think I got him twice to the crib, too. You got him twice? You're got two of the twice. 13? Yeah, I got him twice. So do you have, like, like when it's Jacksonville, like, are you guys in the locker room, like, the week of the game going, I want to pick six, no, I want to pick six? Yeah, I, I got him twice, man. Uh, I think another one of my teammates got him, too. But, um, I mean, for, me, all, for, for me, man, when we play, that's all I'm thinking when we play him. Man. <laughs> Especially, like I said, I got him twice, you know, so – um. I mean, it's... That's all right. Don't, that's all okay, right. We so got here, you. Here's the only, we got you. You, you already said enough, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? That was confirmation. Kareem Jackson, everybody. No, I'm glad we got you here, man. Um, Good luck with everything. Thank you for, for free agency. I appreciate it, yeah. Uh, get paid, enjoy it, and then... You're right. The safety corner switch. Your yeah. career is going to go on for like 10 more years. Keep it going, awesome. man, man. Don't I, forget about left goal PR. That might work. It might I'm just saying. increase a few dollars. I'm just I, telling definitely, you. Definitely. All right. All right so it. here's what's going on. If you're listening to the podcast, Jarvis Landry is going to be up next. If you're right, here in Dantana's, it's going to be at 7.15. Yeah. All, all right. Hold on. Go Kareem on. Jackson. Come up here. One more time. All right, so we are back with a wide receiver that has some cash in his pocket and some talent with his hands and some swagger that drips through his whole damn body. Jarvis Landry, can I get a round of applause? That might have been the best so, introduction I ever got. <laughs> it's, it's not often that NFL players have a catchphrase. Yeah. Say it. Bless him. Bless him, baby. Uh, I, hard knocks. Mm-hmm. From the speech to the bless them, all of that. Could you feel the fame? Like, w- was it was it weird for that to happen as it was going on? No, I mean, I didn't think uh, I didn't think it would you know touch as many people as it did. And um, you know, I went out to practice pretty much probably the next day. And everybody, everybody, signs, headbands, shirts. And you've been saying this for a long time. No, I just came up on the spot that one That's time. Crazy. That one time. <laughs> It's now, like oh, Child so, Please from Ojo Cinco. Right, That's what just, I always think of. So like, yeah. do you like Bless Him? I love Bless Him. Okay, good, good. I love Bless Him. I wasn't sure if that just got yeah. bestowed upon you and you weren't sure. <laughs> no, I love it. You got blessed. You got a baby boy coming, man. I do. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank That's you. awesome. Uh, but we're going to start with a little bit of Twitter beef. Oh, Mm-hmm. I think we should start Ble- there. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. I want to I wanna air out all the Do you know where we're grievances. going right now? Do you know where we're going? Uh-uh. So one, thing, <laughs> that's, one thing that stinks about working at Bleacher Report, we want to be the players podcast, but people want to know who his top five wide receiver trios are. And so what happens is we're going to upset some people. You made the comment that you, Corey Coleman, Josh Gordon, were the number one wide receiver <laughs> tree in the NFL. So Sims put out his top five. Browns weren't on it. And then you hit crying emoji, crying emoji, crying emoji. Sims doesn't understand emojis that well. And he was like, is he laughing at me? It really upset him. So 
We're just, I want to get that out of the way. I don't want to ever lie to you, Jarvis Landry. <laughs> I mean, the fact that, you know, they both get traded within the next couple of weeks right. is it was ridiculous. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so maybe you were right. Well, well there <laughs> it is. That's what we wanted. And Jarvis Landry. Thanks for coming out. I was arguing at the time, like, the potential was there to yeah. be the top trio. Yeah. So, like, I know you're not listening to us on a daily basis, but, of course, when we saw your crying emoji, like, we, we had fun with it on it the podcast. So funny, yeah. We did. But at, at the same time, yeah, my point was, hey, we know you're the man, but we hadn't seen Josh in a while. Corey had not really lived up to mm-hmm. anything to that mm-hmm. point, so I didn't have you in my top five. But it does. It hurts my heart <laughs> when people like you comment on it because I don't want you not to like me. I like you so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw the potential. I saw the potential. I hear yeah. you. I hear you. I saw the potential. I know. I know. Well, well, how about potential? Like, let's just go right there. Like, your team in Cleveland, you, they signed you. To change the culture there because yeah. your attitude, your work ethic, everything like that. But how about just what you brought to the table and now the Baker effect? Yeah. You know, just he's talk dangerous. about the team in general and, and what he's like playing with. Um, I mean, well, honestly, when I first got there, um, it, it, was, it was just it wasn't that it was a bad culture. It was just a young football team, you know, a young football team and trying to find our identity. A lot of different coaching changes and things like that. You know, I think the whole thing with me was is about mindset. You know, my game starts with a mindset, you know, and that starts in practice. And just kind of this when everybody caught wind of the speech, yeah. that's just kind of what I was giving to the room, you know, the, the mindset behind myself. But I think behind all winners, all true competitors, you know, they feel that way. You yeah. know, nothing can hold them back from trying to be great. You know, so um, that kind of went for a while. And then, obviously, Baker gets his opportunity to step in. And you How know. good did that feel, oh, man? Oh, my goodness. Did uh, you know? Like, when, in preseason. Bro, your I mean, best quarterback was Ryan Tannehill, and now you got Baker Mayfield. <laughs> like, holy shit. You trying to start something, yeah, bro. Trying, not, no, you trying to I'm, start something, man. I'm saying it. You don't have to say anything. I'm saying okay. it. But, okay. I mean, obviously, you know now, and obviously, you knew in the regular season. But, like, when the preseason was going, did you think, like, did you think he was going to be yeah, special for it? sure? right then well obviously you know the talent you you saw right away yeah you know um you know but going into the season there was already a plan in place you know Tyrod's going to be the starter and he's going to play this season you know and then um the Jets game happened and Tyrod goes down down. nothing bring it back 17 and it's like at that point it's like you can't ever put him on the bench again like there was a difference so what was the energy like after that game like, for the team going forward, like, were you that Monday, did you go into the facility and everyone's like, holy crap. Like, could you, was it palpable? Um, well, instantly, after the game was over, the, the streets looked like they won the NBA Finals or we won the <laughs> Super Bowl or something. You know, I think that was a Thursday night game. Yeah. You know, I don't think people went back to work again until Monday. They opened oh, the coolers. Right. The, you know, the, the dilly dilly coolers. And yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, that's right. The dilly dilly coolers. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so. But it was good, man. The energy, everything. I think, you know, from that point on, we kind of started kind of trying to understand what, what winning was. Again, we had a young football team. Yeah. You know, so we were still growing in some areas. And, you know, we lost probably the next two games before we kind of went on the win streak after the coaching changes. Okay, so that's where we got to go okay. next, right? If you want to tell us the drama now, I'm uh, usually the drama guy. Uh, go for well, it. I mean, I mean, just it's the timeline. I mean, okay, so we got the Baker effect. Yep. But then, you know, you lost a few games, and then there was the Hugh effect, right? <laughs> and I'm not trying to start shit, but I guess I am kind of too. It's like, what about Hugh? I mean, obviously Baker had some issues there, uh, but what was it about the change that kind of like re-energized the team 
for lack of a better phrase? Well, we were young. Again, you know, we were young and we were trying to figure out our identity and, and, and who we were. And I think there were a lot of things going up upstairs that we couldn't control or, you know, had, have our hand in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Dee and Jimmy they, they, and Mr. Dorsey, they straightened it out and, and, and got it situated. But I think the biggest thing for us, I think the turnaround came when it wasn't a special players meeting or anything like that. It was just guys in the locker room just talking amongst each other and mm. saying, like, this is our team. Yeah. Like, we're going to go as far as we want to go. We have the talent. We can make the plays. We can play with anybody. Let's do it. And then Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, that's right. Like, what was, the, what was the thing that he maybe did in the offense, like, schematically, that you were just like, oh, this is awesome. It was awesome. Is, it, it looked, like, completely different. I mean, again, and when you first call plays, when you first start calling plays, especially in Freddie Kitchens' situation, who did an amazing job, you know, and I think the beauty about the whole thing was he didn't have any tendencies. So when we, every time we took the field, you didn't know what you were going to get. A good then point. we started pulling out trick plays. And, you then know. we have you running around on the end around. Then we have you on the same play, but then throwing the deep right. ball. Yeah. Which is, that's what great OCs do. Exactly. They find one concept and build things off. Exactly. So then, I mean, what do you think about Freddie? What do we need to know that you know that we don't? Um, I mean, besides, you know, besides him calling great ass plays on, on, on game day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not much else to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, see, he just, the story of Freddie Kitchens is the guy that never got a chance. And I think about the Browns and I go, what a perfect guy to lead them. Mm-hmm. And then when I add in the fact that it was so funny to watch the old, and I'm going to say it, white-ass media get upset with Baker for having an attitude and saying, no, no, no. He, he like, left us and all that. I think Cleveland needed that. Yeah. I think they need a guy like Baker that's not afraid of anybody that's going to take it. And... It feels like there's a new identity. Do you believe there is one? I absolutely do believe it. And I'm, everybody can see it. I'm sure everybody sees it. Everybody yeah. I ran into, you know, we're not happy with the season that we had, obviously, because yeah. we'll be playing in this game. But everybody that I've ran into has, you know, they see the potential in us. And obviously we see it too. So we're excited, but we know we got work to do too. What did you learn from the team in the Ravens game? Because that was, it was a pride game for you. It was sort of like a play-in game for them. What did you learn from a game that really had a lot of importance? Well, we, we team, we full of heart. I mean, we full of heart, no quit. I mean, there's still plays in that game that, I mean, I dropped the butt pass that hit me off the damn face mask. Yeah. Like, you know, like that was wide open. And I wasn't going to bring it up. Yeah. I, I, will, I will. I'm still fighting that demon, but yeah. I will. You know, and... Um, to, to lose the way we did, but we competed, and we, we never gave up. I think we were down by 14 at one point. You know, we never gave up, and I think that that's kind of the heart and, and soul of our team, uh, the true identity of us. I got one more for yeah, you. Yeah, all good. For the longest time, the AFC North, it was like the Steelers at the top and the Browns at the bottom. Do you believe the North is up for grabs? Absolutely. And do you believe that you're going to take it? Absolutely. Oh. Oh, did you see the look too? Yeah, he like I, I feel <laughs> scared for the Steelers. Right he now. was like, "Yes, yeah. absolutely." But that what like what a great feeling. Yeah. It's yeah. and is it more than hope? It's like confidence it feels like. Absolutely. It's I mean, I think for us again, part building of, might fall down. What the hell yeah. is yeah, going on? Is that that <laughs> that I didn't know about? Oh. Really? Jeez. I didn't know that. Damn, okay. that's the first time we felt that. Yeah. But it, it, it sounds like confidence about the North. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, you know, again, it's part of the mindset and it's a part of, you know, us. When we take the field, it's, it's, ho- it's not hoping to win, it's expecting to win. You yeah. know? And I think that that's, that's what, how we come in this year. Love it. I want to take it back earlier, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm always amazed by this. First of all, I mean, you and Odell Beckham Jr. are on the same damn team. But forget just you two. Jeremy like, Hill. Take, just take the name, like the names you had on that team. I'm always like, 
What the fuck is wrong with LSU? Why can't you guys get it together? Sorry. Sorry to swear in front of you, young man. Okay. <laughs> with the Saints. Right. It's the, the real world. You know, you got you to gotta hear it. I know you can take it. But, like, just speak about that team. Did you realize all of you were such special players? And Defense. Off and just everybody. everything. Deion Jones yeah. is on the team. I mean, you yeah. guys had Your stunner. Tyron Tyre Matthew. Tyron yeah. Matthew. I mean. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> It's, it's, a, it's a tough. I, I still don't have. I still don't have an answer after all these years. You know, I, I get asked all the time, "How did we ever lose a game?" Mm. You know, but you know, Bama, they, they're, they're a tough team to beat, and a lot of times you got to beat them. They win the West, and yep. um, you know, we didn't get that accomplished only but once. And most my freshman year, we went to the national championship, and then we had to play them again. I yeah. know. You know, and it's, it's always tough to beat a Nick Saban team twice. twice. No doubt about Who it. Who is the official owner of the nickname Juice? Because I feel like there's a lot of guys in the league that call themselves Juice, and like oh, my name was given to me. No, I didn't. I who didn't bestowed just Juice to you? Uh, Josh Dewarsic at LSU, actually. Huh? He was a six-year senior. Well, so Van Wilder like gave him half Juice. <laughs> I'm never graduating. What's that? That's what happens. Yeah. Like the the Juice thing. How you're saying a lot of people have it. Yeah. It's usually given to the guy who brings energy to the locker room and the field yeah. every day. Even when you're playing Northeast South Louisiana State, <laughs> yeah. he's still going. This Alabama. Let's yeah. go. Right. That's why they call you Juice. Absolutely. Do you get upset right. when other people are called Juice? Like uh, Le- Le'Veon is calls himself Juice. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> He's got juice on his team. Yeah, he's, he's the juice of his team. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So maybe you're like juice with pulp, and he's like juice from concentrate. <laughs> okay. No pulp. No, no pulp. pulp. No pulp. No pulp. No pulp. <laughs> okay. uh, so Sims and I are friends, and I would say our dynamic is on the goofball, and he's sort of like the guy that keeps it straight. He goes to bed on time. Mm-hmm. What is the friend dynamic with Odell? Probably I'm I'm this guy. You're him. Yeah, okay. You're Odell. Yeah. So you, you have it like the straight and narrow, and then Odell's like dancing all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You see it all the time. It, yeah. And is that just who he is? Yeah, it's how it's who he's always been too. Mm. Since high school, he didn't change up none of that. He's always been the same person. As someone that's his friend, and he's so discussed all the time, and there's so many people on TV that have never met him that right. want to tell people what he's like. What is the most frustrating thing that you hear about him that you wish you could, like, tell the truth? Um, that he's selfish or that he's a, a diva for his sideline antics or whatever it is. Like, it's, it's, he's the most unselfish guy that I've ever played with, that I've ever known. One of the most selfish guys, that, unselfish guys that I've ever known. And, you know, just understanding him and knowing him and what he's been through and his story, you know, uh, Man, you got to be in a room with him. You know, you got to talk to him. You got to really understand him to really know who he is and yeah. how much passion he really has behind this game that he loves to play more than anything else that he does in, in his life. It's football. It's this game. You know, my, he, he got my uh, dad and my brother tickets to an Eagles-Giants game, mm-hmm. and Odell's parents were sitting right next to them. And my dad came home and he goes, I understand Odell from hearing his, <laughs> his parents yell the entire game. Yeah, and it, passion. It's all passion. Nonstop, yeah. man. Yeah. That, this, this is, like, why I love football, though. Just so you know, I'm just going to give you, like, peel back the curtain. So we're in the back, the green room, all right, and he comes in. And you know what he's talking about? Like, this is why he's Jarvis Landry. He's talking to Kareem Jackson about what he's doing working out this offseason. What are you doing? Who are you training with? What's the group like? How big of a group do you like to train with? Like, that's the crap I like to hear. That's why I like guys like you and Kareem Jackson. I mean, do you wake up? I know the season just ended and you're probably still in rest mode. But do you wake – I mean, 
What's the thing that goes through your head when you wake up in the morning? Well, I mean, for me, I mean, it's a lifestyle. Obviously, training and working out is a lifestyle. But I think personally, on a, on a, on a professional level, I want to be the best. You know, and um, I, I approach I approach training that way. I approach you know working out with the best. You know, I want to be around guys that are considered elite, are considered the best. You know, so I know what the standard is and what the bar is. You know, and try to raise it. You know, for myself and for other guys. Right. So Saquon went on TV today and said he believes he's rookie of the year. You're you play with the other rookie of the year candidate. Do you agree with Saquon, or should this be Baker's award? Um. That's a tough one. It should be Baker's award, <laughs> but, but, you know, um, I think both of them, you know, had hell of a years. You know, um, and they're they, both ballers. They both ballers. They, I wish they could give it to both of them. Yeah. You know, I know they I, can. I've seen it before. Well, if they can, they should. But if they had to do one, you would take Baker. Like, what? It, what would be your argument for Baker? Well, I mean. You know, the first game he played in, he, he was against the eight ball. You know, I mean, four, down 14 nothing at halftime. Right. You know, he comes in and, you know, he throws his first touchdown pass. He, you know, leads us to a victory, the first victory in, what, three Forever. years? Yeah. Four years, feel like, what, like how, yeah. you know? Right. And, um, you know, from there, I mean, obviously the, both guys have broke, broken records and, and things like that. But, you know, as a quarterback – you know, it's, it's always the guy that touches the ball first and, you know, gets the most recognition. But, again, I will say that, you know, Saquon Barkley has had a year that I'm excited to see what he's going to do right, next right. year. Yeah, 2,000 combined yeah. yards. I think what's exciting to me about you and Baker is you're a kind of guy that might not blow people off the line, but if the ball is near you, it's coming down. And Baker's not afraid to throw that ball. Right. And not every NFL quarterback is willing to throw that ball. And that's why the amount of times he throws it past a dude's ear hole and you're like, that, that connection yeah. is what excites me for you guys. Yeah. And it's, it's what he's done. He's always done it. you know. Yeah. And he's a gamer. I caught his first pass, you know, and I've caught passes where I don't, I don't even know how I caught, you know, really? but he put it in positions where, you know, only I could, I could, I could make the play, and he's trusted me. What's he like in the huddle? Uh, is, is he funny? Very funny. He's very funny. What's um, the funniest thing he huddle, said in the huddle? He'll, he'll, he'll crack a joke just to keep everybody loose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, or, like, talking to fans, you right. know, that, that's, that's, you know, booing him or something like that. He's talking shit back to him, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, just, just things like uh, that. You know, yeah. he, he's real aware and, you know, he understands. We, uh, I always like to ask anybody this, just for you, receiver, you're the top of the NFL as one of the best receivers in the game. Who were the corners that come to your mind just right off the bat when you go, man, I, that guy right there, I know it's going to be a tough day's work. You know, who's, who's that one or two guys that always bothers you or just annoys you? Well, I mean, our, our division has you know, a couple ones. of good ones. You yeah. know, um, Brandon Carr, um, Jimmy Smith, yeah. Joe Hayden. Of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, who else? I can we pull go up against? the teams for you too, if yeah. you want me to. You want pull me to. up the teams. Um, that's one of First my, that's one of my famous yeah. references. No. I my guy uh, King King from uh, San Diego yeah. in the yeah. slot. Los Angeles. Okay, yeah. King. Uh, here's, your, here's your guys. Uh, I like him a lot this year. Um, just in case. Um, but so you know what's interesting is like you're saying some of these guys, those are like 
the, some physical guys yeah. other than maybe Joe Hayden. So yeah. does the physical guy annoy you more than maybe the quicker, smaller guy? No, it's just it's just a smart, it's just a smarter players. I think some of those guys are smart. And then, you know, obviously with the Ravens, they're playing a great system. Right. You know, it's with yeah. Weddle doing the things that he's doing back there, confusing the quarterback, you know, confusing, you know, the receivers as, as well because a lot of times we get our reads off of the safeties. Yeah. And he's at the line. And he's at and the line. And he's going you know, this way so, and that way. So it's tough, yeah. you know, and then, Jimmy, Jimmy Smith and Brandon Carr both being longer guys. Yes. Right. You know, they're being longer guys. So, you know, when I get them down to the slot, then that's more of my world. Right. You know, especially against big, taller taller guys. Yeah. You go left but, or right. Yeah. You know, but um, all those guys are pretty good matchups. Yeah. What's it like to play in the same city as LeBron? I don't play in L.A. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. Stop. No more drinks for left go. Wow. No more drinks for Lepko. I was thinking, because I'm what? on his IG and I'm seeing him dap up LeBron, and I'm thinking LeBron is the king. And LeBron is uh, like his <laughs> omnipresent. He's in Cleveland, he's in LA, wherever he is, he takes over the world. What's right. it like playing in the same city as Jordan? He's embarrassed. That does awesome. He doesn't get embarrassed much. I am. I'm getting red right now. Jarvis, we appreciate you. Congratulations on the baby boy. Thank We're you. so excited for Thank you. you. Yep. Have a great year. We're excited for you to have a baby boy at quarterback. Yes. You finally got one. Yeah. And by the way, you play at the Jets this season, so you can rub it in Adam Gase's face. Uh, I said it. You didn't say it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> for Jarvis, for Sims, down, homie. for Fendrick, good evening. <laughs> I am the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. And we will holla at you. I am hey, sweating. say hi to LeBron next time you're in town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, LeBron.